Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of Prosperity by the Pine. I'm your host, Bryce Carter. I've earned the marks of the CFP, which is Certified Financial Professional Planner. I am Chartered Financial Consultant, Certified Investment Management Analyst, and I am a self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is the podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. This week's episode, I am drinking Kingsville, which is a Canadian beer. I don't know if it's the name of the brewery is Kingsville Canadian Beer. I think it is. Kingsville Canadian Beer. That's the name of the brewery. Uh, And this is the Kingsville Pale Ale, the KPA. It's out of Ontario. Uh, The brewery is newer. They were established in 2017. Happened to find this uh, on the shelf at my local craft brewery hotspot and thought I'd give it a Thought I'd give it a good old college try here. Every week I'm starting to, I'm getting worse and worse of this whole pouring thing as my beer is overflowing. I poured it too fast and it's got a huge head on it now and it's just spilling on the table if you're, if you're listening, not watching. Uh, so rookie fail, but I'm excited about this week because it's another one of my investing 101 episodes. This week we're talking investing 101 bonds, what you need to know. So, Real quick, if you have not listened to these episodes, you should. Episode 6, Investing 101 Stocks. Uh, Episode 11, Investing 101 uh, Mutual Funds and ETFs um, as kind of preludes to Investing 101 Bonds. Uh, we're going to keep doing Investing 101 episodes on various different topics. I think it's uh, it's some of my more popular uh, topics. Let me know what you want to hear about, though. Uh, you can email me at contact at fsgfranksamgeorgemichigan.com, contact at fsgmichigan.com, or send me a message at Prosperity by the Pint on Facebook. So real quick, let's recap stocks and let's recap ETFs and mutual funds. So stocks are ownership. When you buy shares of a company, let's just say Disney, uh, because Disney was the example I used in uh, my last episode. If you buy shares of Disney, become a part owner of Disney. As Disney Disney grows its sales and profits and uh, gross revenues and uh, you know has better profit margins over time, but mostly as they grow their profits and earnings, the owning a share of that company becomes more and more valuable. So as as a part owner. If the company's becoming more valuable, your shares are worth more. So you you grow, uh, you, you grow your your investment account. Uh, contrary could be said if a company is not doing well and their profits and earnings are suffering, or they're maybe going through some traumatic issues such as uh, you know bankruptcy. That's a bad one. Uh, class action lawsuits, etc. Those could affect the profits and earnings, or at least the perception of the profits and earnings. So therefore, they're going to be going in the other direction, right? Which is not what you want with your investments. Now, funds, mutual funds and ETFs are investment companies, essentially, that pool your money with a bunch of other investors' money to make sure that you're more diversified. For example, if you have $1,000 to invest and you want to start investing in stocks, some stocks, you can't even buy a fraction of a share for $1,000. I mean, um, Amazon share price is somewhere north of $1,500 per share. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway A shares, which is Warren Buffett's company, a couple hundred thousand is going to cost you for one single share. Um, whereas if you buy a mutual fund or an ETF, you could put $1,000 in and you might all of a sudden now be invested in 500 or 1,000 or 2,000 companies for that matter. So what they do is allow individual investors with smaller dollar amounts to be really well, pretty diversified with relatively small amount of, of, of capital invested. The other thing is, is handing over the keys of your investment selection to a professional or 
just saying, screw it, and I'll buy the whole damn market um, by buying index funds, right? So let's give this beer a try now that the head has shrunk a little bit and we can sip her down. That's that's kind of nice. I like that. That's lovely. It's a little bit uh, a little bit piney, a little bit uh, a little bit cit- just a little bit of citrus. I, I'm gonna have to give this a couple more sips here to to know for sure. But I I think I like this beer. Okay, so bonds 101. So stocks ownership, right? And mutual funds and ETFs are just an investment company that's buying stocks and or bonds. What are bonds though? So bonds are debt. So when you buy a bond from, and let's first talk about the issuers of bonds. So um, who sells bonds? Um, Companies do. Uh, Microsoft sells bonds. Um, Disney sells bonds. Governments sell bonds. So the U.S. government sells bonds. Your local municipality, your state, your local bridge authority, your local university, um, they all sell bonds. So you have three basic types of bonds. You have government bonds, which are issued by the federal government. You have corporate bonds, which are issued by companies like Microsoft or Disney. And then you have municipal bonds, which those are issued by governments, um, local governments and states. Um, They all, for practical purposes, work pretty darn similar, um, but they're all debt. So what happens is if you buy a bond for $100, you are literally loaning that organization or that government a thousand dollars or a hundred dollars, whatever I said you're buying it for. And just like you and I, we get a credit score, right? So you have a FICO score, um, and that FICO score determines, uh, what interest you're going to pay on your credit cards and your, your auto loans and your houses and all that stuff, right? If you are deemed to be, uh, have a good credit score, it's 750 or better, uh, you might pay very small, very favorable interest rate. If you have shit credit and only have a 500 credit score, you're going to have to pay higher interest rate on things like your home and, and your autos and your, your personal debts. So as you're looking at companies and governments and municipalities, they all get a credit score too. They don't get FICO scores. They get uh, credit scores ranging from triple A to double A to A, triple B, double B, so on and so forth. And the better credit quality they have, a triple A company is going to get to pay a lower interest rate on the money you're lending them than a uh, lower credit quality company. So let's go through a specific example. So I looked up, uh, I got on my bond program and looked up some bonds uh, and just wanted to have a specific example. So in 2017, uh, see, It was February of 17, Microsoft issued some new bonds. Now, Microsoft has $33 billion in free cash flow. Why do they need to borrow from you, right? Um, Well, companies will will sell bonds and raise capital because a lot of times if they want to do an expansion or uh, maybe they just want to have more cash on hand, it's, it's a lot of times cheaper for them to do that than go to a bank. Also, what bank has enough money to loan Microsoft, um, what, what, how much cash that they're going to want to have on hand, right? So that's, there's a lot of different reasons companies um, need bonds, but um, when you're looking at it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're, they're indebted, right? They could have a lot more cash that they're sitting on. They, could, they don't necessarily need the bond, but maybe they want that extra cash flow. So Microsoft in 2017 uh, issued some new bonds, about $17 billion worth. Now, some of those bonds were 40-year bonds. So this is specifically how it works. 
So they issued them at $100, which means if you bought one of those bonds, you were loaning Microsoft $100 for a, a period of time, right? Like your car loan goes, you know, might go for six years and your home might be a 30-year mortgage. These happen to be, this example, uh, some pretty long-term bonds. They were 40-year bonds. So you were loaning Microsoft $100 for 40 years. Now they have a really good credit quality, uh, credit rating, so they were able to um, issue these bonds at pretty favorable interest rate, which was at the time 4.5%. So what it would do is you're loaning Microsoft $100 until 2057, 40 years, uh, and they're going to pay you 4.5%, broken up twice a year. So semi-annually, half of that 4.5% interest rate. So 4.5% of $100 is $4.50. So for every $100 worth of bonds you bought, you got $4.50 in interest payment. Every year until... Bond matures in 2057, at which point you get your money back plus the interest for that year. It's that simple. So when you are buying a bond, you are loaning the organization money. Depending on how good of a credit quality, depends on the interest rate, and there's a set period of time. So it could be uh, a 10-year bond, and it, let's say it was issued by a company with very poor credit. It might be at 9%. So you might buy a $100 bond from we're not going to go bankrupt, we swear, incorporated. And it might be a $100 bond at 13% interest. But 10 years from now when the bond matures, if there's only a 50% chance the company's still solvent, it didn't work out to be a very good investment, right? So investment in bonds is often considered to be safer than stocks, but that's not always the truth. So I, I do want to clarify real quick that the reason that bonds are considered safer than stocks is because let's say you bought that $100 worth of Microsoft bonds 40 years from now, unless Microsoft is gone, that bond, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get your $100 back, plus you know you earned all that interest over the time. But if I bought $100 worth of Microsoft stock today, 40 years from now, that could be worth $10,000 or it could be worth $10. You don't know right? There's such a wide range there. So that's why bonds are meant to consider to be safer. Um, they're less volatile, which means they move up and down in price a lot less often than, uh, or a lot, not as large a margins as stocks. Um, but there's less upside potential as well too. Now there's a million different kinds of bonds. Uh, there's, you know, different years. Uh, so 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, there's bonds that are high credit quality. There's bonds that are low credit quality. There's bonds that are what's called callable, which means Microsoft has this bond. This one's 40 years, but, um, and this one happens to be non callable, but if it was callable, Microsoft could say in 20 years, Hey, uh, we're going to give you your money back and, and we don't have to pay you interest anymore. That's called a callable bond. Uh, there's convertible bonds where you as the owner of the bond could change it into ownership of the stock if you wanted to. There is, I mentioned municipal bonds. Now those have some special tax treatment to them. What I mean by that is, you know, here in the state of Michigan, if you buy a state of Michigan bond, it's tax-free at the federal level and it's tax-free at the state level. So you might earn less interest, but you don't have to pay tax on your interest, which is pretty cool. Um, so there's a million different types of bonds. The premise of all of them is the same, is that you're loaning the institution or organization money. They're paying you interest for a set period of time. Once that period of time is up, you get your money back plus interest for the year. Unless the company goes bankrupt. If they go bankrupt, then you are SOL. You might only get 50% of your original investment back. Um, but with bonds, 
you, know, you can look at credit quality and you can know pretty reasonably what the chances of you getting your money back are. Now, you're not going to get that right all the time, but if you were to buy a bond mutual fund, which is a mutual fund that specializes in buying bonds, and the average credit quality is triple A, uh, and you look back historically, and 99.8% of companies that are triple A pay their interest payments and their full principal at the end, you know that you got probably a pretty conservative, pretty safe investment there. So now that you know how bonds work, should you own them? Like I said, bonds are meant to be a more conservative investment. Um, it, it doesn't mean that they're bad by any means, but for the younger investors that are listening or the more aggressive investors, you probably shouldn't own them or you probably should not own very much of them. As you get older, closer to retirement, closer to needing that money, beer break, then bonds should start to play a bigger role in your investment account. Um, that's because they, they're meant to be a little bit more stable, a little bit safer, and you can still earn money in them. They're better than cash when it comes to that usually. So you might want to own bonds if you're a more conservative investor. You might want to own them if you're an older investor, but if you're younger and aggressive, you're probably better off buying stocks, but that takes more of a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Like I said, if you have questions on that, just send, send me a message, send me an email. I'll be happy to try and answer some questions for you. Bonds really aren't that complicated. They're not talked about that often. Um, I, I think that they're actually simpler than stocks. Uh, that being said, the, the way you the way you buy and sell bonds can be more complicated than stocks. But I think they're pretty simple. It's just debt. That's all it is. Stocks are ownership. Bonds are debt. You're loaning an institution money. They pay you money back. It's you know the opposite of your mortgage, right? So I hope that makes sense. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on YouTube. You name it. And check out the website, fsgmichigan.com. Until next week, cheers.